Hello, my name is Vance Need, and welcome to episode 19 of the PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now on that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe each week will speak with other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. Here on this podcast, the PS Plus, we'll take a look at some of those topics that are being discussed and we'll dive in just a little bit deeper. We've been spending the last several episodes on dispensationalism and we're going to continue with that topic today. So let's do this thing. Now, by continue, I actually mean wrap up. Guys, we're done with dispensationalism. Now, we're not leaving the hermeneutic. We're not, we're not going to suddenly interpret our Bible using a different, a different system, a different methodology. But we are going to officially, in a, in a main subject type of way, stop talking about dispensationalism, which some of you may be very, very happy on. Out of 19 episodes so far, only two haven't been about dispensationalism. So we actually are going to move on to other topics, but not before we take some time to just review where we've been. Guys, we've been here for a while. So let's actually just take a look back and then maybe reflect on why it is that we took the journey that we did. So as a quick review, let's just define dispensationalism. I know we've done it several times, but maybe for the new listener that's jumping in on episode 19, I don't know why, but if you're out there, this one's for you. So dispensationalism is a systematic method by which the Bible can be interpreted based on clearly observed patterns in Scripture. And the pattern that we've been seeing over and over again is pretty simple. There is a steward that is given a commission or a responsibility. Now, this is going to happen in every single dispensation, of which there are seven, and we'll, we'll review those here in just a moment. But there's a steward who's given, given a responsibility, and they're given parameters for success in that particular stewardship. But tragedy always strikes. There is a failure of the steward in their given Commission. And because of that failure, the steward is judged, the steward is demoted, essentially, and a new steward takes the old steward's place and receives a new commission. So that's what we find in dispensationalism that pattern of a steward being tasked, being given responsibilities, failing, being judged, and then being replaced. But we've also been seeing that there are seven dispensations or a period of time in which that designated steward has that responsibility of administration. And so the seven classic dispensations that we've been looking at are innocence. Remember, we found that in Genesis chapter one through three. Conscience, which we found in Genesis chapter 4 through 8. Human government, which we found in Genesis chapter 9 through 11. The patriarchs, which we found in Genesis chapter 12 through Exodus 18. The law, which we found in Exodus 19 to the death of Christ. Grace, the one that you are currently in, dear listener, which we found from the death of Christ to the second coming. And the millennium, which we find in Revelation chapter 20 verses 1 through 15. So if you're looking for a more detailed walkthrough of those, again, for that one rando person that's jumping in right now, go back and listen to basically anything before this. 
and you'll get all of that information. But what is it that we learn from a dispensational perspective? Well, I've got a couple of things that I think would bear repeating. And the first is this. Mankind is unable to preserve or recover his own righteousness. And we see this over and over again by virtue of the fact that there's always a failure in every single dispensation. Adam was given a perfect world with a perfect commission, and yet he failed. And over and over again, that is the pattern that we see. And that leads us to kind of a a second thing that we learn from a dispensational perspective, which is humanity's only hope lies in a direct intervention by the Holy Spirit so as to result in a new nature being imparted unto him. Now, we see this specifically for you and I. In this dispensation of grace, we are relying on the finished work of Jesus Christ in order to make us righteous. We have no righteousness of our own, and the only way for that to take place is a new spiritual birth, and that is solely a work that God himself alone can do. Humanity is always reliant on God to be justified before him. And without God's intervention, man, we're lost and it's hopeless. Another thing that we learn from a dispensational perspective, well, I'm just going to quote Charles Ryrie where he says this, To the normative dispensationalists, the soteriological or saving program of God is not the only program, but one of the means God is using in the total program of glorifying himself. So said in another way, it ain't about you. This whole life that we're living, it's not about you. It's all about the Lord. Now, we've been looking at some other perspectives. We spent the last couple of episodes doing that. And we looked at covenant theology, where the main point of what God is doing is the salvation of mankind. And let me not be misunderstood. I am incredibly grateful beyond what I could ever express or or truly understand how it is that Christ loved us so much that he died for us. But the main point of me being brought into the family of God isn't just so I can give high five to my homies. That's not it. It's actually so that I can have fellowship with God, but also that I could serve him, worship him, and glorify him forever. And from a dispensational perspective, we see that the Bible, man, it's got us in it, and that's great. But it's not about us. It's about him. Now, the other thing that that we've been talking about that I think, again, would be good to review is just some of the benefits of a dispensational hermeneutic. And we'll talk about just a couple. The first being this, that the Bible, not our ideas, become the ultimate authority. Again, contrasting this with covenant theology that we looked at, where the evidences of this particular theology, this particular way of looking at and interpreting the Bible, were by proponents, admittedly, nebulous. We quoted O.T. Alice in a previous episode. We'll quote him here again because I think that this is pretty relevant to this discussion. When talking about the covenants that that they are using in order to kind of frame the Bible. He says this, quote, The relationship established in Eden has been properly called the covenant of works. 
that it promised life as the reward of obedience is not immediately stated. In contrast with dispensationalism, when we just take a look at the Bible, the reason why we land on these on these seven dispensations is because this is a pattern that happens over and over and over again. Now, another benefit of a dispensational hermeneutic is the fact that you have the ability to take the Bible literally rather than allegorize it, and this cannot be overstated how important it is. When we, when we don't believe that all of the Bible is literal until the Bible itself tells you not to take it literal, well, then we're left to kind of kind of guess, right? We do guesswork or we rely on someone else to tell us that information for us. What happens for people that don't take the Bible literally is they say, oh, well, you know, you can't because it doesn't make sense. All the parts don't add up. Well, those guys should probably take a look at 2 Timothy 2.15 where it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If we do not know how to rightly divide the word, if we don't see that there are natural divisions in our Bible that, that, that make differences between some parts and other parts, well, then, yeah, we kind of have to go, well, this part don't make sense, so maybe it's symbolic. Maybe he didn't mean the thing that he said when he used the words that actually mean the things. That's, that's kind of where we get to without a dispensational perspective. And this, this kind of leads us into another key point, another benefit of a dispensational hermeneutic is that it empowers anyone and everyone to actually study the Bible. One, because we can read here very clearly that we are commanded to study the Bible, but a dispensational hermeneutic assumes a few practical tools by way of some of dispensationalism's distinctives, of which we've talked about at length, but again, bears repeating here. So, for example, knowing that there are three people groups in the Bible, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32, where it says, give none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Well, that's super practical. When I'm reading a book, any book in the Bible, one of the first questions I want to ask myself is, who is this written to? And it's going to be one of those three people groups. And depending on the people group that it is written to, well, then that's going to give me a very clear idea of how I should apply that. Should I apply it prescriptively, as in this is a book written to the church? Oh, and I'm a member of the church, so this is doctrine for me to follow to the letter. Or am I to apply it principally? This book was written to Jews, and there's good information about God's character, about who he is, about what he wants, but I'm not to go out and repeat those actions because they're not commands given to me. When we, when we frame the Bible dispensationally, then we just need to open up the word, believe it, believe that words mean things, and then simply do what it says. So as always, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode. A couple of key things again, because this is it, guys. This is our last dispensational theology episode proper. Of course, we're gonna we're gonna refer back to the things that we learned over the past 17, oh my gosh, 17 episodes. But a couple of things that you want to remember. Charles Ryrie's dispensationalism. It's a book. And if you've benefited at all from the series, then you've benefited from that book. I highly recommend 
you go and pick that up. Another, an LFBI class that we offer every now and again, Alan Shelby's Systematic and Dispensational Theology. Again, if you've benefited from this series, you should thank Pastor Alan Shelby. And lastly, LFBI summer classes. Man, they start really soon, so soon, like May 29th soon. So if you are listening to this in the year 2021 and you have yet to sign up for those LFBI summer classes, you want to do that immediately. And again, make sure that you make a plan to get the work done. What do I mean? I'll go back and listen to episode 16, lots of practical tips on making sure that you just like that you boss up on summer classes. So go do that thing. It's been my pleasure talking to you, and I hope to talk to you again next time. Take care.